Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Baradon Breeze Nation, what is good? It is your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. We have been live all week this week because the squad has been out of town and because Ringo is still sick. Ringo really dealing with the effects of COVID-19. So prayers up to my boy Ringo, man. But we are here for another episode where we're going to be breaking down a little bit of what's going on at Bears training camp. We're also going to be listening in to the Chicago Bears uh, uh, press conferences the day after practice. We got Baki in the chat with updates from practice. Shout out to Baki, as always, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat. We got we got Frank in the chat. We got Don Burr in the chat already. You know he's here for free smoke, free smoke. So y'all jump on him real quick. Uh, shout out to everybody. Who is it? Tremaine? Tremaine up in this mug, man. What's happening, my guy? Flipping this mug. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago Bears, how Chicago talks. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Also, if you want to show a little bit of support to your boy, man, especially ahead of Bears season, head on over to TWCBreeze.com. Cop you some of that Bears merch. We got the Windy City Bears merch all over there. So make sure that you guys check that out. Appreciate you guys for showing so much love to the show, man. We got a lot to get into today. We got to touch on uh, what is the biggest concern? What is the Bears' biggest concern at training camp, right? We know we're talking about the development of Justin Fields on the field play. But you're also talking about Roquan Smith getting his deal done. You're also talking about Tevin Jenkins. What's happening with that? What's the most important thing that's coming out of this training camp that's concerning to you right now? That's concerning to you right now. Started off with the Roquan situation, right? I feel like a lot of Bears fans are concerned about the Roquan situation. 
I'm going to tell you why I'm not as concerned about the Roquan situation as a lot of people, right? Because we go back and forth on this with a lot of a lot of Bears fans, right? And there's a lot of fans that feel like, oh, if there was going to be a deal done with Roquan Smith, it would have been done already. If there was going to be a deal done with Roquan Smith, they wouldn't have him on the pup list. If there was going to be a deal done with Roquan Smith, he would be in the building already. And for me, right, that's not how I'm looking at this. The Bears made a choice. Dwayne was good. The Bears made a choice. They chose paying offensive linemen to come in here because they don't believe in the guys they have in the building, didn't believe in the guys they had in the building currently, right? They seem like they don't believe in Tevin Jenkins much. He's now possibly heading towards his seventh consecutive practice being missed. And that's not an injury thing at this point, right? You can't tell me it's an injury thing because there's guys that are injured that are still on the sidelines. So for me, you made a decision on your offensive side of the football to go out there and try and protect Justin Fields as best as possible. I have no issues with that. I have no quarrels with that. There's no qualms from there from on that for me because the most important part of this Bears season, no matter what anybody says, is understanding if Justin Fields can play football. And you know how you can't figure that out? If he's laying on his back week in and week out. Like the video if you agree. So what does that do? What does that mean? What do you have to look now? Where where is where does that leave you? Now Roquan Smith's not getting the deal that he thought he was going to get. And don't think it's a coincidence that right after uh, Roquan hits you with the holdout, that the Chicago Bears, or right after you sign these guys, that the Chicago Bears get hit from Roquan with, with the holdout. Right? Roquan Smith will get his money. The reason that I feel so strongly about this is because we've never seen a team Try to help a player avoid the fines in the way that the Bears have. Most of us didn't even know that you could put somebody on the pup list to keep them from having to pay the fines, to keep them from missing practice, to keep them around the team. You don't want guys around. This this is the thing that you have to think about, especially with Ryan Poles and how he is, Broski Bear in the chat was good, how he is positioning this, right? You don't keep guys on the team that you feel like are going to be a cancer in your locker room. You don't keep Roquan Smith on your sideline if you feel like his holdout means he's not going to be a bear and you feel like he's going to be a cancer in the locker room. The Bears put him on the pup list, not only so he avoids the fines, but so that he can't miss any classroom time. So he's in there with the linebackers, being the leader of this team that he needs to be, so that he's on the field, on the sideline, watching what's happening on the field. 
You don't do those things. You don't keep Roquan near you if you feel like he's going to be a cancer in your locker room. You don't keep Roquan near your team if you feel like you're not going to keep him around. This is the NFL. Listen to any player. They say this thing does not stop moving. No matter how you feel, no matter what happens, no matter what you think, this thing does not stop moving. If you got hurt, you got hurt. You know what we do? We pick you up, we get you off the field, we move the chains, and we keep it pushing. If the Bears felt that Roquan wasn't going to be a part of this team, they would have pivoted, we'd have seen linebackers sign, they'd have kept it pushing. So for me, Roquan Smith isn't a concern for me at camp. Roquan Smith to me is, it's more concerning for me with Roquan Smith that he's missing this time in a new system. The only concerning part about me with Roquan Smith is that Roquan Smith has never played in a 4-3 at the NFL level. That's my only concern. Roquan Smith has never been in a 4-3 at the NFL level. I would have loved for him to get in there and and be able to, uh, uh, um, you know, start to learn that system and get a feel for that system. I don't want him kind of figuring this out in preseason because, listen, Roquan's are probably arguably our best. Maybe it's tough to it's tough to take best player on the field away from Robert Quinn. Roquan's probably our most versatile defensive player, right? You want him up to speed when practices get here. You want him up to speed when uh, 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 um, the the preseason gets here, right? That starts next week. You want him up to speed when week one gets here. And I think Roquan's a smart enough player. I think he's a good enough player that he'll be able to get up to speed quickly. But, I mean, listen, I, I only got the Bears maybe getting nine wins. I did our We did our uh, uh, um, win-loss prediction for the year. I got the Bears getting nine wins this season. Don't lose your mind if you're sitting here, nine wins, Pat. It, it's a terrible schedule, and I think that there's a, it's going to be tough for them to not get nine wins. But, well, I don't know about tough. I got them be. I will say, two of those picks for sure I picked with my heart. Two of them picks for sure. The Cowboys and the Niners I picked with my heart. So I can see them seven and ten as well. I can see them seven and ten. Two of them picks for sure I definitely picked with my heart. That was a, come on, start my season off right, and then the Cowboys always give us a win. Like, <laughs> But when I'm looking at the things that concern me about Roquan Smith, it's about what he's going to do on the field and him not getting time in this system to do that. You would like to see him doing that before the season starts. Now, when you're talking about Tevin Jenkins, right, that's a completely different situation. Because I've said it many a times, right? Injury doesn't keep you from the sidelines. My bad, I'm doing like 18 jobs at once. Injury doesn't keep you from the sideline. I was at training camp last year. My boy, shout out to my boy Chris Callahan, man. He was there with me. 
we were there together, and Tevin Jenkins was from me to the screen, standing right there. From me to the screen, standing right there. He was injured last season. What's different? He was injured last season. What's different? What what changed all of a sudden? Why can't he be on the sideline when other players are on the sideline? There's too much there's too much there that's unknown. And it does seem like there there's a disconnect between Tevin Jenkins and this organization at this moment. It does seem like there's a disconnect between Tevin Jenkins and the offensive line coach, between the head coach, between the philosophies. Maybe Ryan Poles just says he don't want to see light-skinned linemen win. He feels a little salty that he's seeing somebody. (laughs) He seems a little salty. That he's seeing somebody that, oh, he kind of looks like me a little bit. Uh, He's winning. He's going to make the team. I got to cut him. That's a concern for me. You know why? Because it's one of two things, right? And I don't believe the injury thing at this point at all. And I know there was a bunch of people that were looking at me and they were like, hey, like, why don't you believe what the coach says? Because NFL coaches lie. Like, let's not let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it confused. NFL coaches will absolutely lie to you. It's not even it's not even a question. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like NFL coaches will lie to you quickly. Bill Belichick, anytime you want him to. But as long as they win, it's okay. You know what I mean? As long as long as you're winning, I'm not tripping on you. You hitting me with a lie. He lied to us. I don't care. Win the game. Um, Matt Nagy would lie to us, but he'd be getting beat by like 60. You know what I mean? Like that's tough. That's a tough one to uh that's a tough one to pallet there. But here's here's my thing with Tevin Jenkins, right? It's not the it's the fact that We've heard that the Chicago Bears feel like he's their most talented lineman. We've heard that the Chicago Bears feel like Tevin Jenkins has the most talent, and so they want to move on from him and that they want to move on from him because of maturity issues. Well, you know what? It's a lot easier to me for guys to mature up on the field, and if he can play, he should be on the field. If he can play, you should have him out there if he's your most talented lineman. I'm not worried about maturity. I'm worried about can he kill the guy standing across from him, play in and play out. Now, there's some things that go into that, right? You do have to take into account, is he able to play at the... uh, uh, um, or is he able to get it in the classroom? Is he focused in the classroom? Is he doing, yeah, I mean, like those things play into it when you take that onto the field. Is he lining up in the right spots? Is he getting himself ready to go? I mean, like like those things all come into account. And I'm not even mad at the fact that you're kind of going with uh, uh, um, 
you know, having more vets in the lineup. I'm fine with you having Riley Reef at that right tackle position. I'm fine with you having uh, uh, Schofield in that uh, in that yeah, right guard probably a little bit there, right? And Braxton Jones at left guard. Th- that's the part that scares the mess out of me. Braxton Jones at left guard scares the mess out of me. Or at left tackle, I'm sorry, scares the mess out of me. Because I don't want a rookie protecting my franchise piece on the left side. We've seen some great things. Yeah, well, I mean... I, I guess, sure. I, I can't tell you what you've seen and what you haven't. But what I will say is I, I keep hearing that there's a, there's a lot of guys in the backfield. There's a lot of guys spending a lot of time in that backfield. Now, granted, you're also missing um, Lucas Patrick. That makes a big difference there at the offensive line. But for me, my biggest concern with, with Tevin Jenkins is just – are we moving on from a guy that has talent because we don't like his attitude? Are we moving on from a guy that has talent because we don't like his attitude? We don't like his approach to the game. We don't like is he talented? Can he play the position? Those are my concerns. Because I'll tell you this right now. You don't have enough guys on this team that can play the position, even if you feel Tevin's a backup. Cache was good. Even if you feel Tevin is a backup tackle, even if you feel Tevin is a is a guy that you move a swing tackle for you, even if you feel he slides in at guard, whatever, the sixth lineman, even if you feel he's that, he, if he has talent, you got to figure that out. Maturity issues, that ain't the answer. He's not mature enough. How old is he? I keep, I keep giving an age on this mug. How, how old is he? Let's see. Devin Jenkins is 24 years old. Maturity issues. I'm not surprised. They make more money they, for, for being great and playing good football and stuff like that, and they're supposed to get paid that. They're supposed to get paid good money for that. I agree with you 100%. You should be focused in on your job. But were you focused at 24? I understand it's a different position to be in. But his second year in the NFL, he's never played. He's played five games. He hasn't had a training camp. And you're worried about maturity issues. If that's the case, the Bears got to figure that out. The other thing to keep an eye on is just how this offensive line is going to move with Justin Fields behind it and in the run-blocking scheme. That's going to be very important for the Bears coming into this season. I think that's a that's my biggest concern coming out of it. I'm going to be real with you. The, there's some spots on this defensive line where I have no concerns at all. No concerns. Frank and Baki, y'all both at camp? Y'all should link up. Shout out to y'all. 
I look at this defense coming out of coming out of one year of this system. Now, granted, right? Brand new defensive coordinator could be completely different. Allen Williams calling the play. I don't know how he's going to be as a DC. That could all go into it. That could all play a part of it. But talent wise, there's a lot of sacks on that defensive line. Pause. Hmm. I'm a. I'm a. There's a. There's a. Uh, hmm. That's tough. I don't even know how to I don't even know how to flip that. <laughs> There's a lot of guys in the backfield on that defensive line. That's still a little sketchy, but we'll move on. Big concern for me. How's that offensive line gonna move in front of Justin Fields? How's that offensive line gonna attack? In the run game, how's that offensive line? Like that—that's my biggest concern coming out of this. I'm gonna be real with you. I think I—I I believe what the Bears say and what all these reporters are saying when they're talking about Justin Fields has really impressed. Justin Fields looks so much better. His footwork looks better. We've heard it on from multiple sources. Here's the thing that I want Bears fans to remember, right? We didn't hear these things, not to, not to turn this back into the Justin versus Mitch debate and all of that, and did we miss something, and did we, not, not, none of that. But we weren't hearing these things in the previous regime with the previous regime's quarterbacks. What did we hear? Even all of them, not just Mitch, every one of them. Ah, Andy overthrew this guy, and then... Made a nice throw down the sideline, but it but it was tipped away, and and they weren't able to bring the the ball in, and and they weren't. That's what we kept hearing from training camp. What did we? What have we heard this training camp? The worst thing we've heard about this training camp was what two days of practice, maybe one, where Justin overthrew Nikhil Harry in one one play, but they don't tell you that the very next play he gets the job done. Hey, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, the people overthrow people in the NFL. Drew Brees has some overthrows. Peyton Manning has some overthrows. Players are going to make mistakes. I'm fine seeing, and, and this is training camp. I'm fine seeing mistakes out of Justin Fields at training camp. It's about how he responds to it. And it seems like he responds pretty well. We haven't heard good things about the Chicago Bears in previous training camps. What have we heard? The defense looks fine. The defense looks good. The defense, the defense, the defense, the defense. That's all we've heard the past three years, four years. This season, we're hearing, wow, this offense really, we're, we're seeing Justin Fields make some really good throws down the sideline. Cole Komet's bringing in some really nice passes. Nikhil Harry seems to be figuring out this offense and starting to catch a little bit of fire. Byron Pringle has surprised some. Darnell Mooney is a really good wide receiver. That's what we've heard every day. Equinamius St. Brown which is a name that I was like, that's a dude. Equinamius St. Brown is really showing his understanding of this offense and seems like he's going to be a nice weapon. Now, there's still a lot that has to go into it, right? But we haven't heard these things about our team's offense it, since year one of Tressman, maybe? Like, think about that. How long ago we heard, yeah, this offense looks like it might be something. Year one of Tressman, maybe? You didn't hear it at all in the John Fox era. You absolutely didn't hear it in the Matt Nagy era.
So the biggest question mark for me is how's this team going to move? How's, how's this offensive line, not the team, how's this offensive line going to do in front of Justin to keep this thing rolling? That's why I have concerns on Tevin. Because here's the flip side of all of this, right? Here's the flip side of all of this. What if they don't move Tevin Jenkins? That's the part nobody talks about, right? We want to see him get a trade done if you're going to trade him. You want to see what you get back? I don't think you get back much. I think you really just get a fourth-round pick. Tevin's got some injury concerns. Tevin seems to have some maturity concerns for the Chicago Bears. But what if you can't get a deal done? Now you're talking about an entire training camp that Tevin Jenkins didn't take part in. Now you're talking about an entirely new offensive system that Tevin Jenkins has no idea how to play in. Now you're talking about having a guy on your payroll who's your second pick in the draft from a year before that has absolutely no idea what the heck he's doing on the offensive side of the football, and he didn't know what he was doing last season. Now guess what? You don't even have somebody that can fill that spot, and you have no depth at that position. No competent depth, I should say, at that position. The offensive line is a major concern for me, and I think it got a lot better. I think it's going to gel. You also have to talk about adding in Lucas Patrick. I'm not going to lie to you. The four names that we have on this line that make me feel good, now granted, none of them play left tackle. That's the concerning part. But if you're offensive line right now, you're talking about Riley Reef, Michael Schofield, Lucas Patrick, uh, uh, um, Cody Whitehair, and then Braxton Jones on your left tackle. I feel better. I feel better than when training camp started. You got to figure out how to get those five guys to gel, and a major piece on that offense isn't in there. But I feel better. I feel like they'll run block much better, especially with the fullback position in there and blazing game. I feel like they'll run block much better. I'll bet you David Montgomery's poised for a big year this season. Shout out to you guys for tuning in to rock with us, man. 54 in the chat. 16 likes. Hit that like button for your boy, man. We're going we're gonna to keep talking a little bit of Bears here this morning. Some of our concerns from training camp. Let me know your concerns in the chat. Want to get to you guys' uh, 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 comments as well and react to that. Um... What are your biggest concerns this season? We're also going to listen in to the Bears pressers. Actually, let me pull that up. Uh, also, make sure that you guys vote on the poll. Appreciate you guys for showing so much love here. Um, what else we got? What else are we doing today? We got Bears presser. We got, oh, well, Bears presser pretty much finish us out. Football started yesterday. Gotta love that. Got the Hall of Fame game last night. I had it pretty much on like the back burner. Wasn't uh, wasn't spending too much time on it. I don't even think Derek Carr ever got in the game. Or maybe I just tuned in too late, but I don't think Derek Carr ever got into the game.
It's just good to have football back. It feels so good to just have NFL back. Just seeing the pads hit, seeing guys come together, seeing guys. I mean, bro, it just feels good, man. <laughs> Talking football. This is the best time of year. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm I'm conflicted on a lot with, with the summertime in Chicago because I love summertime shy. But there's just nothing. There's baseball, and both teams are trash. I can't say the Sox are trash, but their offense is trash last night, and they're mediocre. Like it's just, it's just a weird time of year, bro. The fall is the most lit time of year to me in Chicago. I got football. I got basketball. I got great weather. I got great fashion. Fall fashion is where I live. I love it. I love it. I love it. What are some of you guys' concerns when it comes to this Chicago Bears season? What are some of you guys' concerns heading into this or heading out of training camp? Trying to get to the other side here. Where where do you feel like the Bears have to improve the most? Where do you feel like they have to get something done? Let me know. According to Baki, by the way, getting an update here. Saying Justin Fields is having a really good day today. Good deep pass to Valus Jones uh, and Komet, but also an interception on an overthrow. So we're getting some, uh, getting him moving into the right direction. That's, that's, that's so big to me. Broski Bears concerns one O-line everywhere, one A, wide receivers. Wide receivers is interesting. The wide receiver position is interesting to me. Because I feel like like I, I'm not as concerned about the wide receivers. I'm just not concerned like other people are about the receiving core. We don't have a big name on this receiving core. You know how many big names good quarterbacks have made? Yeah, I mean, like, you know how many big names good quarterbacks have produced? For me, the wide receiver position just it it doesn't like I feel like there's there's enough pieces on this team for you to navigate your way through the season. Also, also, I don't expect the Bears to be throwing the ball 40 times a game this year. You have to throw the ball enough. You have to throw the ball enough to keep them uh, the defense honest so that you can run the ball. But I don't expect the Bears to be launching passes 60, 70 times a game this year. That was a lot. 30, 40. 
So I don't think the I don't think the wideouts are going to make as big a difference this season as they would in other seasons. You just need somebody that's going to come down with those big plays. It's going to be able to create space. It's going to be able to get past guys. I think you've got a couple of guys on this team that can do that. It's a fast line or wide receiver crew. This is a really fast wide receiver crew. I give, I, I'll say that. Jay Capone in the chat, what's going on? He says his concern is at the depth at linebacker. Now, that's an interesting one, right? Because the, the linebacker depth on this team, I mean, you're really talking about Roquan. You're talking about Nicholas Morrow. You've got a couple of guys fighting for that Sam position. But but if you lose either of those guys, right, like they, they're, they're extremely thin at the linebacker position. Um now I will say right before if, if we signed a linebacker before we end up getting uh Roquan done, then uh, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be a little concerned. But I mean like I I feel like there is a uh there's gonna have to be a lot of development on that side. There's gonna have to be a lot of guys that are trying to uh uh um that you're going to have to go out and get probably next year in the draft and or in free agency at that linebacker crew. Um, that's probably my biggest concern because right now, right? Like Roquan's not on the field and Nick Morrow is calling the plays. So what happens if Nick Morrow's not on the field and Roquan's not on the field, right? Like, I mean, granted, right, if you lose your two starting linebackers, no matter where you're at, you're going to have trouble. If you lose your two starting linebackers, no matter where you're at, no matter what player you are, no matter what position you're in, you're going to have some trouble. But it would be nice to have a little bit of depth. It would be nice to have a a little bit of insurance at that position. It would be nice to know if we lose this guy, we're still in a good position here. But I think that's going to come, right? You can't, the Bears can't can't fix everything in one offseason. They just couldn't. It was impossible. You came in with minimal money. You made a trade for Khalil Mack. You opened up a ton of money. Um, well, not a ton, but enough money, right? Enough to get you some some nice line ba- or nice uh, uh, linemen in here. You you let Trevathan go. You let Cohen go. Um, which has anybody gotten an update on Tariq Cohen? He's a player I kind of want to keep an eye on. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hope he makes it back into the league, bro. Like man, he's going through some stuff. Um. But the 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 thing that I would I would rather have is just to to I'm sorry um, the linebacker depth to me right is is interesting, but I think you fixed your DBs. I think you fixed your entire DB position. I think you've got a really nice guy in Kyler Gordon opposite Jalen Johnson, who was always a really nice player. Uh, I think you got a nice guy in Jaquan Brisker opposite of Eddie Jackson, who's had some flash moments for us. I do. I think you've got some nice pieces on this defense, and I think you found some really nice pieces at your defensive line. Al-Qadiq Muhammad, uh, of course, you already had Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson. I think Chris Tonga's got some things that he can show. There's some nice pieces built on this defense or around this defense that I think can mask the linebacker depth for this season. But 
I I think there's going to be uh I think that I would rather have you have more depth, and I think you probably get that next season. Um whose buddy name is? Andrew Bajic says, scared for the O-line. Why give up on Jenkins? Shout out to you for the super chat, man. Appreciate anybody who supports the show with a super chat, man. All the funding goes to your favorite YouTuber, man. I love, I, I'm trying to get to the point where like I remind people about super chats and stuff like that, but it's so weird for me, dog, being from like the, the, the blue collar lifestyle, working electrical and stuff like that. Because for me, I uh like it, it feels like I'm begging mugs for money. <laughs> like I'm not begging, but it would be appreciated. <laughs> but no, um I'm I I I'm kind of with you on that. Um Andrew, I I feel like there's a it's tough to give up on a guy that doesn't that seems like they believe he has talent just because You've got some personal issues with them. I mean, there's a lot of players around this NFL that, that have had personal issues. <laughs> there's a lot of players around this NFL that have had personal issues. Like, are we are we serious on the personal, on the mental? Like, we, we want to do that right now? So I'm I would I I don't know why they're getting rid of Tevin Jenkins or trying to get rid of Tevin Jenkins. And I think you put yourself at this point in between a rock and a hard place because you don't have the talent. You don't have his loyalty anymore now because you've tried to get rid of him and you've you it's pretty much been publicized that you're trying to get rid of him. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. McSeason says, when I become a millionaire, I'm going to send you a hefty dono. Shout out to you, my boy. Appreciate that love, man. I hope you get there, brother. I hope every, I wish everybody in this chat successes, man. We also got to talk about some, uh, we also got to talk about a couple of signings the Bears made here. Um, Let me pull this up here real quick. Uh, So the Chicago Bears went out today and signed Trayvon Coley and Devontae Harris. Couple of depth moves, one on the defensive line, one at your DB position. Neither move really wowed me one way or the other. I didn't feel like this was a – we did drop a video over on the Chicago Bears Breeze, though. So if you guys aren't subscribed there, the Chicago Bears Breeze is going to be where you get nonstop Bears talk. So make sure you go over there and check it out. We drop a video Monday through Friday. Um, might even get to this weekend. We'll probably get some weekend drops in there as well, just because of uh training camp going into this weekend's games and or this weekend and stuff like that. So we'll probably get some updates over there, but couple of, couple of, I mean, they both have jumped around. They both have moved around, bro. Like they've both been on multiple teams. I think, um, Kali finally found a little bit of a home with, uh, Cleveland the last couple of years and he was he was over there I neither one of them uh, uh um really showed me anything that was of note Kylie got a couple of sacks last year yeah I mean nice depth moves might be guys that are able to come in and uh and and fill a role for you uh maybe just playing specific packages and things like that but I didn't think it was it was anything crazy. The one interesting thing for me, though, that you do have to look at is the people that they cut to bring them in. Right, uh, Azoya Alufoya. I don't. I didn't. I didn't even know him. Right. Uh, <laughs> didn't even know he's a part of the roster. But if I'm not mistaken, 
Didn't John Alexander uh, sign a, a, a multi-year deal with us? That was interesting to see his name on the cut list. Let me make sure I'm speaking truth here. Um, let me make sure I'm being honest here. I don't want to don't want to lie. I thought I had seen that. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not. I thought I had seen. I thought John Alexander had a couple of uh had a multi-year deal with us, and the Bears moved on from him. Um, but I mean, again, right? A couple of guys that you weren't expecting much out of anyway. A couple of guys that you didn't expect much out of. Uh, um, during the season, maybe some names that you hear, some flash in the pan names that you hear throughout the season, right? Those are things, th- those are the guys that you moved on from. I didn't feel bad about either one. I didn't feel like the Bears were missing on anything. I didn't feel like the Bears were were losing anything, right? So a uh, couple of nice additions, nice depth moves. I'm glad that the Bears are looking there, especially on that defensive line, man. I, I, I'm always down for good defensive tackles. Hopefully he's able to turn himself into a little bit more. Both players pretty young, too. 24 and 28, I believe. So uh gotta love, gotta love those additions there. Um, uh, while Hargreaves didn't make it, Kendall Vildor must be balling. <laughs> hey, bro. The fact that Kendall Vildor is still on this team cracks me up every single day. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I mean, he was cooked so often last year, though. Like Kendall Vildor stayed on the receiving end of the Chicago Bears just being cooked on the defensive end. I was surprised he was even still with the team. I get, like, the youth. He's a young player. You don't just want to move on from him. You don't want to yeah, – but, bro, dog, like, it, it is mind-blowing to me that he is still a part of this organization, bro. It is mind-blowing to me. I, I thought for sure he would have been one of the guys that end up getting out of here, man. <laughs> Frank Brown. Oh, if I gotta put that one on the screen. Hey, a 135.6 passer rating against them, bro. Hey, gotta keep them around, dog. Gotta keep them around. And listen, this is the funny thing. If I'm not mistaken, they asked the uh 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 Matt Eberflus a question about him in practice in, in the the post game, or I'm sorry, the uh the post-practice presser. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they were like, what is it about Kendall Vildor? that uh that you like that that's keeping him around the team and i don't even think he knew him by name i think he called him by number yeah you know uh he's a he's a baller he goes out there straight coach speak on him he's a baller he goes out there he does what he has to do tries to get the job done and uh sometimes you know he's just got to figure out where he's at in his defense and uh here we go yeah i mean like what huh I thought that was really funny. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Um, Here's something of note. Since we were talking about the wide receivers. If Nikhil Harry can turn out to be a solid piece for the Bears. Not great. A solid piece for the Bears. 
How would you look at Ryan Poles' offseason? How would you grade Ryan Poles' offseason? And Baki with another training camp update saying Braxton Jones is having one heck of a day here at practice. Gotta love to hear that. If you, if, if Nikhil Harry turns out, you got Nikhil Harry for a seventh round pick next season, I believe. If he pans out to be a solid wide receiver for the Bears, what's solid? Let's say 800 yards. Because he's going to be, he comes in at your number two now, right? Like you, you, you traded for him. He comes in at your number two, probably. I, well, no, man, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he's your number three. So let's, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's say 600 yards receiving. Let's say four touchdowns, five touchdowns, somewhere in there. You're talking about Ryan Poles, which I believe he has, possibly fixing your DBs, which were atrocious last season, trading away two marquee pieces on your offensive line or defensive line, but still holding on to some pieces on that defensive line that are able to get to the quarterback, that are, and you added Al-Kadiq Muhammad, who had six sacks himself last season. And that big body receiver that we were saying, Ryan Poles, I can't believe you didn't go get him. You went and got Bayless Jones. He's 30 years old. He's uh, he's not 30. He's 25, but still. He's 30 years old. He's so old, and we're never going to be able to use him, and we're not going to be able to figure it out. And now, it, uh, like, all of a sudden now, right, like, you made a trade on that seventh-round pick, and you went and got your big body receiver. Oh, by the way, who was a first-round pick? Which is my main reason for fear with Tevin Jenkins, because that that would be the worst thing to see, right? Like the Bears move on from him and he becomes one of the best linemen in the league. Like that'd be that'd be awful. How would you grade the offseason then? How would you grade the job polls did in year one? Because I feel like you got to look at a lot of pieces on this team. Now the season has to play out, right? But I feel like you got to look at a lot of pieces on this team. From what it was last year to what it was this year, even though it's versus a bad schedule, I get it. But feel a little bit better about the offseason. How would you grade them now without it? I would say polls is offseason. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd give them a B now. I would give them a B now. He's made smart, strategic moves that have put the Bears in a good position for not only this season, where you were able to get some pieces in there to protect Justin Fields, but next season as well. The strategic part of it, I give him a B for alone. Whether these moves pan out, I, I hope they do, right? Like, I hope they're they're good moves. I hope Riley Reef's a good player. I hope that... Uh, uh, um, um, Michael Schofield keeps up what he's doing, right? Like, but there's a lot of people to look at this offseason like it's a terrible offseason. The Bears haven't done anything. The Bears just got rid of these good players. And I question whether they were watching the Bears last season, right? The Bears lost Allen Robinson. I can't believe we can't find a way to keep Allen Robinson. Okay, uh, well, Allen Robinson didn't fit here 
it didn't seem like Justin Fields really was going to him. We see that Justin Fields has built up a, a relationship with Darnell Mooney. We saw that last season. We lost our mind when he traded Khalil Mack. Why? Why would you trade Khalil Mack? What did he do to you? Oh, my God. But then what? They're taking the money. They're taking the money. They're taking the money? Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't got to pay Mac. They're doing what? How much of it? All of it. Huh? Like, we didn't even know that move was on the table. We didn't even know that move was possible. Opening up money for years for the Bears that we didn't think we were going to have next season. We thought Ryan Pace left us with no picks, no money, no team. Ryan Poles was here a month and a half. We had picks again. (laughs) Not a ton. We didn't have a first-round pick, but we had more picks than we thought we were going to have. We had so much money going into next year that we're going to be the have the most cap space in the NFL next season. And it looks like we might have a better team than we thought we were going to have. It looks like it. We'll see if that pays, pans out, but it looks like it. Shout out to Broski Bear, man, saying smash that like button. Phillips says, I mean, we should have gotten more from Mac, though. Nah, dog. They took the money. I've argued this all offseason with Mutt. They took the money. Do you know how much money they took? Do you know how much money we would have had to pay Khalil Mack? We got hit with the dead cap. But they took the money. I'll miss Khalil Mack. I love Khalil Mack. I loved him as a Bear. I would have wanted him to be here when the Bears were a better team. I felt like he was such a dominant player, and I would have loved to see him opposite of a good offense. I'm glad that he found finally got him a spot where he's going to be opposite of a good offense, and I feel bad for anybody who has to stand on the opposite side of him and Bosa. But they took their money. Khalil Mack is getting paid as one of the best defensive tackles on the team. And guess what? We don't got to pay him nothing. You don't just move those guys and not have to pay them nothing. That's not normal. (laughs) But even outside of that, right, some other moves that Poles made this offseason that I just felt were genius. All of a sudden, right in camp, looks like Bayless Jones isn't as bad a pick as everybody says. We'll see. That's a that's a long-term move. But is Braxton Jones your, your day one starter? Is Braxton Jones going to be your day one starter at left tackle? Is he good enough to be your day one starter at left tackle? According to Baki right now, he's having a heck of a day versus two guys that were in the backfield all season last year and Al-Kadiq Muhammad and Robert Quinn. 
They're in pads now. They're in pads now. To me, the great, if Nikhil Harry turns into a decent player, 600 yards, four touchdowns, maybe five touchdowns. If he turns into a decent player, Ryan Poles had an A offseason for me. If he turns into a decent player, Ryan Poles had an A offseason for me. Now, we won't know till the end of the year, right? There's a lot of future moves that have to pan out. A lot of future moves that have to pan out. But I love the get of Kyle Gordon, Kyler Gordon. I love the get of Jaquan Brisker. That's where I wanted you to go wide receiver at. That's where I wanted to see a big body wide receiver come in, a young guy. That's where I thought you were going to go after and attack that, that position at. You didn't do that. Ah, can those guys play? Seems like it. Seems like they're pretty good players. Seems like they're figuring it out quickly. Seems like not only are they figuring it out quickly, but the players that are on that team that have played. Here's the thing, right? There's some players on that team that are talking about these guys, and you can talk about guys in a certain way to where, like, they may be okay, but they got a long way to go. But you you don't want to put them down, right? Eddie Jackson, Roquan, or Roquan really hasn't talked. Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, those are guys that have played next to really good players. And when you hear them talking about them, even, even Coach Flus, Coach Flus has coached really, really good players. There's ways where you hear coaches talk about them where you say, hey, listen, um, he, he's got a long way to go. He's got to figure it out. This game's going to come slow to him. They could do. That's not how they're talking about him. There's times in a press conference where nobody asks a question. And all of a sudden, he's talking about Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Baki asked, what about his, his draft pad of Braxton Jones? Becomes a day one, play one at left tackle. That means you could potentially have four starters being drafted between Gordon, Brisker, Jones Jr., and Jones. No, no for sure. For sure. That's why I said, like, I, I, I'm including that in it. I give that a, you know what, I'm not going to lie to you, if, if, Braxton Jones pans out to be your starting left tackle and he grades out well throughout the season. I would have to say that that is an A that is an A offseason in a minimum, right? Cuz when did we get Braxton Jones? Was Braxton Jones in the 5th? Was he in the 5th or the 6th? He came late. 
if 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 Braxton Jones turns into your day one starter and you feel good about him going into this season and you feel good about him throughout the season, yeah, that's it. And I'll tell you what, if that move pans out alone, if Bayless Jones doesn't pan out, if Kyler Gordon doesn't pan out, if uh 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 um Jaquan Brisker doesn't pan out, that's a that's a B offseason by itself. You got Braxton Jones out of that draft because if you got a starting left tackle in the fifth round. You got to understand, that's the hardest position in football to find consistently. It used to be quarterback. It used to be quarterback, right? But how many quarterbacks we got now? How many teams got good quarterbacks? There's a lot of teams that got good quarterbacks. What? Packers? Vikings, I'm talking about good. I'm not talking about, like, like I'm putting everybody on the same plane here. I'm not talking about tears and all of that. But Packers, Vikings, Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, Buccaneers. I'm just trying to think of all the teams in my head. (laughs) There's a lot of teams in the NFL that have good quarterbacks. Colts, they got Matty Ice out there, who I think is going to dominate. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. All them teams, hey, listen, all them teams in the AFC, all of those teams in the AFC, especially the AFC West, that were like, oh, man, they got this, they got this, they got this. My pick for Super Bowl is absolutely Matty Ice and the Indianapolis Colts. That team needed a quarterback. That team has a good offensive line. That team has a great running game. That team has a great defensive line. That team has great linebackers. That team has great safeties. <laughs> like, like they have something great at every spot. I think the Indianapolis Colts. And now you added in what I can say, even in a even on a poor team, was a really good quarterback, a really good quarterback in Matty Ice. I I got that's my Super Bowl pick. I ain't gonna lie to you. That is my Super Bowl pick. I think the Colts are gonna be in there again. Hey, listen, maybe the Bears find a run. We run we run it back and we beat them. Yeah, you know I mean, bear down, bear down. Frank Brown, you gonna make a bet on the Colts? I don't I don't gamble, my guy. So no. But if I was a gambling man, my money would definitely be on the Colts. What's the odds on the Colts if you got them? What's the odds on the Colts to win the Super Bowl this year? I'll bet you they're long odds, too. Just with how tough the AFC is, I'd bet they're long odds. But, yeah, for me, hardest position to find in football right now, starting left tackle. Most of the time, you end up getting a right tackle, and you're like, nah, let's move them over. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see kind of what ends up coming out of uh, 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 this training camp, what ends up happening going into the season, how how this team ends up adapting. Yeah, I mean, because I think there's a lot of good pieces here. I think there's just a new system. But here's the thing. For the first time, it feels like 20 to 1 odds for the Colts. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. That's actually less than I thought it was going to be. Um, that's actually less than I thought it was going to be. Somebody out there, hey, if, if you got it, yeah, throw 100 bones on it. 
I'm not a gambling guy, but if you got it, throw 100 bones on it. That would be my pick for the Super Bowl. But the thing with the thing with football, right, is there's a lot of times where it's not the flashy move that gets you the Super Bowl. It's not the flashy signing that gets you the Super Bowl. It's the grit and grime signing. Recent change since they got Matt. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Woo! If you, if you, woo! Dog, if the odds, the odds on that, if you got a ticket before they got Matty Ice, you have to be jumping for joy. <laughs> if you got a ticket for them to go to the bowl before you got Matty Ice, you got to feel like, hey, this thing is it. Because they had to be. I mean, they got rid of their quarterback and they had nobody. They had to be 60 to 1. They had to be. But yeah, when you're talking about teams that get to the Super Bowls, right? It's a it's a process of little moves. You need great players, absolutely. You do. You need a great quarterback. You need more times than not you need a great quarterback. You need great defense. Great defensive players. Right? I I don't think anybody would say the Chiefs had a great defense, but you had the Honey Badger who's now down in New Orleans, by the way. I don't know if anybody peeped that. That's a, uh, that's a subtle, subtly great pickup. It's the little moves. It's the small things that get you in that position. It's the small things that get you moving in the right direction, right? And I feel like that's kind of where Ryan Pace sometimes made. He wanted the big swing. Go for the big one. You got to make that big hit. You got to hit on the big one. Got to hit on the quarterback. You got any tackles for the quarterback? Nah. We're going to draft a tackle. Big splash move. A lot of people feel like he should have been a first-round pick. Well, why wasn't he? Well, his back's bad. Now you, you, drafted a, a, you drafted a left tackle with a bad back? You know what I mean? So I, I like the moves, at least on paper, right, that Ryan Poles has made. Now, those moves have to play out. You have to figure out how those moves are going to play out this season. But you went out and you got two starting offensive linemen for a little bit of nothing. Maybe a little bit of an overpay for Riley Reef, I think. Maybe a little bit of an overpay for Riley Reef. But for the most part, you got two starting offensive linemen. And you're going to try and figure things out with you. I mean, I, I have to I have to say, I feel like this is a this is a really good. A really good. Offseason for the Chicago Bears, better than most people think, in my opinion. Better than most people think. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. We've also got a couple of other 
sub channels that we talk specific teams on. We talk Chicago Bears over on the Chicago Bears breeze. If you're not subscribed to that, make sure you guys go subscribe to that. If you like Bulls content as well, go subscribe to the Chicago Bulls breeze. We got that up and running as well. So appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love on that. Uh, some of the other things that we got to get into today and that we're going to be breaking down. Uh, we're, we are waiting for the Chicago Bears to get off of the field and start doing uh, their press conferences. We'll have that live on the channel. Um, the post-practice pressers, I believe Luke Getze is supposed to speak today, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be uh, uh, um, good to hear from him and good to kind of get an idea of where Justin and guys are in this offense. I think that's going to be that's going to be a major thing, right? And also, just I, I like I don't know I don't know if you guys have seen much of Luke Getze. Or if you have uh, uh, um, kind of heard much of him, but how he breaks down the offense, I really like how he breaks down how this team is 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 where this team is supposed to be, where guys are supposed to be. He seems very knowledgeable. Seems like he just understands what what where guys are supposed to be. I really like that, and I really feel like the Bears are in better hands with him. At a minimum, right, you got to feel like they'll be in a better position to with, with just one play caller at that. That was the best thing we heard coming into this season. When they said, oh, we're just going to do one play caller. Are you, are you going to be calling defensive plays, uh, Flus? No, I'm the head coach. I'm supposed to be doing what the head coach is doing. That was so good to hear. It was so refreshing to hear. From the beginning of the offseason to now, now that we're in training camp, now that we're seeing how drills are running, now that we've talked with them a lot, now that we've heard from them a lot, do you feel better about Floose being the hire? Do you feel better about Coach Floose being the hire? Do you feel like he's the one that's going to be able to get the Bears moving in the right direction? I remember doing it. We were still doing the morning breeze at that point. And I mean, we literally were like, I am, I have no idea why they picked this guy. I have no idea why we would go with this. I have no idea. Like that's like we we were we were trying to find anything to grasp onto for Flus. But I'll be honest with you. And I know it's new, I know it's different, I know it's not naggy. But at a minimum, I feel like we have a head coach now who's going to hold players accountable, and we've heard that he's been doing that. We've heard that he's been doing that. Tito, you're talking about the next coach of the year. Mm, so's Matt. Matt Nagy was as well. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. I mean, like, I don't know about that. Matt Nagy was coach of the year as well. Let's 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 let let's let a couple of years play out here. <laughs>
But we've heard, I mean, we heard with Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson came off the field and he said, yeah, he didn't, he didn't play. Or what did he say? He said, the defense didn't play a play to completion a couple of times. And Flush just kept sending them back, sending them back. Finally snaps on him, tells him why he's sending them back, sends him back a third time. And is like, let's get it together. I love that. It's about playing to the finish. It's about playing to the whistle. It's about being disciplined. You got to be disciplined. The Bears have lacked discipline, and I think that's another thing that's underrated, kind of like the players that that Ryan Poles went out and got this year. Look how many penalties they drew the year before. The players that Ryan Poles went out and got this year in the offseason, different – even in draft, the guys he brought in from college, look how many penalties those guys got. They weren't a high pen. They weren't high penalized guys. Riley Reef, I think he gave up four sacks last season, but he committed no penalties. No, he committed. What did he commit? He committed two penalties. I think Schofield committed no penalties. It makes all the difference. Because especially when you have a young quarterback who's trying to move things in the right direction, every time I snap, what did we see from Justin last season? He would snap the ball. He'd make a play, but there'd be a flag. Now we're going the other direction. Or he'd make some grandstand play. He'd get the ball down the field. He'd run down the field. He'd, he'd get the job done. But then there'd be a penalty. Uh, too many, uh, illegal lineman down, or illegal man downfield. No more of the club dub. Baki says no more of the club dub. Lazy BS. It's about winning. Club dub was so weird by the end of it right because like you were having club dub on eight win seasons club dub was such an it was such a weird thing by the end of it because you were having club dub on eight win seasons like (laughs) you were having club dub on like Hey, man, we just lost three straight, but then we got to win. You got to celebrate these wins. You got to be excited about these wins. Like, it was fine in, like, the 12-win season where, like, you're like, yeah, man, like, I get it. You guys are winning. Have fun. I love it that it's loose. But when you're doing it in, like, a, 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 a after a, what do we have, multiple six-game losing streaks, three seasons in a row? Three seasons in a row. Didn't we lose? We lost four more games three seasons in a row. Four more games in a row I'm talking about. Club Dub was weird by the end of it, man. It was just, it was odd. <laughs> it was like, it was like, all right, dog. Like, I, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't think we need it. I get what you're trying to do, but I, I I don't feel like this is this is conducive to a winning environment in the Chicago Bears system. 
Baki said, yeah, we lose five in a row. We get a win, club dubbing. I'm like, if y'all don't get back to practice, bro. Exactly, right? Like, hey, did it feel like it? Now, that's an interesting point, right? Normad said that uh, more like cub, club scrub with Nagy. When I think of scrub, I think of the Cubs. Um, do you feel like Matt Nagy, now, of course, Joe Madden ended up winning very different, but do you feel like it was kind of like that at the end where, like, you were trying to do the antics, you were trying to, like, essentially do like all the cute stuff and stuff like that to make it I, I I don't know to like try and loosen it up and by the end of it right veterans don't get down with all that the guys that been in the league a long time they just don't follow that they're like all right yeah, yeah, yeah it's cute whatever yeah this is normal this is Matt we're club dubbing Club Dub lost their lease. <laughs> oh, EQ definitely making plays in camp, Frank Brown says. That Frank Brown, I believe, is at the camp. I believe Baki's at camp as well. That's that's good to hear. That's good to hear because to me, right, like, Equinamius was a name that I didn't expect to do much. He wasn't a big name guy for the Green Bay Packers. I still don't know if he's going to do anything for the Bears, but you feel better about him because he knows the offense already, right? And, and I, I think that that's kind of a little bit of an advantage too. I still don't know if he's going to be this dominant player for the Chicago Bears. I still don't know if he's going to be a guy that's out there like making plays, if he's going to be the number two on the team. If he, you know what I mean? I feel like j there's just – he's got the advantage right now and he's using it to his advantage, which is good, but you're not going to have that same advantage versus other teams. You know what I mean? Like – I. I like him. I, I I like him as a number three, maybe. Maybe. But do you feel like he's going to be more than that? He's been showing out at camp. I can't lie. But I mean, if you're showing out at camp with Justin Fields, does that speak to more of what the Bears are missing in certain spots or just the difference in the team? Or does that like, like, if you can't become the man with, with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron was looking for somebody else to throw to, it's not like he wasn't. Aaron was looking to get the ball to somebody else. He's like, listen, I love throwing to Devontae, but we need some help. There's not enough guys on this team that are able to get the job done. Equinamius is an inter... I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anthony Hendricks says they need to act like they've been there before celebrate when you win playoff games or win the division. I don't, I don't believe that either though. I don't go that far either. You celebrate wins. Wins are hard to come by, especially in the NFL. 17 weeks. Wins are hard to come by. You celebrate your wins, but I think you were celebrating it a little hard, right? Like you don't got to go full club. If uh, if you win by a field goal in a game that you didn't score more than 15 points. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's where I have some issues with it. Like, I think you got to find a, a middleman in there. You know what I mean? You win a tough game by a field goal. Hey, show some love. Go out there. Have some fun. Party it up. We in it, my party rockers in the house tonight. 
Everybody better mm, mm, take that. Yeah, you know I mean, like get it, get lit. But maybe we don't need the disco ball. We don't need that the lights. Like just somebody play it off a speaker. <laughs> you know I mean, like we celebrate the win in the post game press conference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm fine with the. I'm fine with celebrating the win. I'm excited. My team wins. Hey, look. Yeah, you know I mean, I love it. But. Yeah, maybe don't have the bouncer keeping you from getting it. Maybe don't throw it over the IG. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just saying, it's a little, I don't need that. I don't think we'll have to worry about that with Coach Floos. I think Coach Floos probably was watching from from, uh, Indianapolis, just like, what the heck are they doing there? That's probably why so many people are getting cut. They came in this season and was like, club dub, come on, baby. Let's get it rocking. We in this, John. Let's get it cracking. They were like, nah, bro, we don't do that here. Like, Wait a minute, we not doing club dub no more? Flipping tables. Like, nah, bro, we don't do that here. Talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, talked about kind of like what our biggest concerns at training camp were. Broke down the Tevin Jenkins situation. Broke down the Roquan Smith situation. Drop some of your concerns. What are your biggest concerns from training camp? Where do you feel like the Bears... Where do you feel like... Even after all of the changes this year... We'll still look at... This team and say, that's not good. Because there's going to be spots. Listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not naive enough to believe that the Bears are a dominant football team. I'm not naive enough to believe that the Bears are a, 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 um, a, a 15-12 win team. I think they squeak out nine. And the only reason I think they squeak out nine is because the schedule's so bad. I broke that down on yesterday's episode. We've also got all these up in podcast format, so if you can't stick around for the full thing, or if you got here late, you can always check out the podcast on all your DSPs. Man, just search the Windy City Breeze on there. You can find us over there. Um, but where do you feel like this Bears team, even after this season, is going to struggle, and it's something that they'll need to address next season? Just kind of looking at what we see. Frank says stopping the run. Mustafa says, I just bet under four and a half wins. Hey, man. I I, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have bet under. Did you look at the schedule? (laughs) Hopefully you're wrong. I I hate to say it. I mean, Uh, James says the O-line has plenty of competition but we need a young stud anywhere in this offensive line. Now, I will agree with that, right? Like, I feel like we're about to get an offensive line that's kind of moving in the right direction, but they're older. You know what I mean? Like, they're older. Let's see here. I think we got our, uh, I think we got our presser live here. We do. So I'm going to click here, and we'll see. Uh, I don't know why I said I'm going to click here like y'all can see it. Uh, if they're at the mic yet, once they get to the mic. So we do got Getsy at the mic right now. Uh, so we'll go out to Luke Getsy 
to hear what he's saying about the Chicago Bears and where this offense is at here early on. Let me unmute here. Phase. We're, we're almost to the end of it. So I feel, I feel pretty good about where we're at. Um, these last few practices have been awesome because we've done a lot more like not scripted practices. So, you know, Flew's done a great job of throwing different situations at the guys and us substituting from the sideline and the crowd noise, you know, with the music. Y'all can hear that, right? Let all me know if you can hear it in the chat. Hit the thumbs team. up. Thumbs up if you can hear it. So I feel uh, it's that all that operational stuff's got to improve, but uh, I feel pretty good about where we're at right now. Ups and downs that, that we see out there on the field, knowing that you know he's in a system that he's just learning, but also that his own expectations for himself are sky high. Yeah, no, sure. It's it's this is a process, right? And we and set us low. We stress every single day that we're a process-driven team, and our unit's the same way. Um, and it's it's all about making sure that we get better every single day. So whether we're the focus is on a, uh, getting better at our protection. That may be them. I got it all the way up. Hot, our, uh, hot adjustments or throwing hot routes or whatever like that, whatever that adjustment is or whatever that emphasis of the day is, we just got to make sure that we're getting better at it. And then, you know, the situational stuff is like, I mean, he can't get enough of that. I mean, you talk about like what makes the great quarterbacks great. It's just that experience and dealing with all the different situations and understanding them and also, um, you know, part of that growth. I mean, you take – Walkthroughs that we have at night, we just go through situations and stuff, and you can see them showing up when we get out there on the field and practice. When you look at Colcomet right now, how, what, what do you see when you compare the Colcomet that you have on the field right now versus the film that you would have analyzed when you came in? What what, what do you see that he's added? Um, you know, I, I think Cole was still young in his career, and he has a lot of really cool tools. Um, I think he's starting to learn how to use them. Um, you know, I think you talk about a guy that we. We hope can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, we've lined him up wide. We let him. We let him do some routes outside. We brought him in tight. We put him in line and making him, uh, you know, block the big boys up front too. And I think the cool part about him is that he can do all that stuff really well. Um, you know, he's got to get better at, at just about everything because I think he's just he's on the brink right now of taking his game to another level. So I'm hopeful that uh, by the time we get through this camp, he's 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 ready to be a rock star for us because we're gonna need him to be. Where are you in terms of assessing your options for that starting offensive line? And do you see yourself kind of getting closer to solidifying the group you might want to see out there? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Jesus. I think, uh, we're, that's we're not good. He's away for, for a lot of positions, to be honest with you. Um, and that's one of them. You know, we've, we've flipped guys from right to left and up front, and we're trying to see whatever combination makes the most sense and which guys are most flexible for us. Um, so we had a lot of information still to find out. This has been a really good week for us, though. Uh, you talk about some guys that have stepped up and, uh, you know, how they're going to react when there's pads in, in the run game. That's the biggest part. I think that they've done a lot of really good things. So um, that, this was a great practice for us, too, because you know, this was the first time we challenged them, like, conditioning-wise. We really went at it today, and, and I thought that was a really good thing. Well, as we watched the film, that'll be something I'm going to pay attention to see who was, you know, who lost their focus, who lost their discipline and all that stuff when they got challenged today. Lewis, what's, when Kevin Jenkins is healthy and back on the field for you, where does he fit? Yeah, he's going to get thrown right into the mix of this competition at the tackles too. I mean, that's the. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is an open right, left, whatever. We're trying to find the five, the best five, you know. So uh, when he gets back, he's someone who's you know super talented that should jump in there, and uh, hopefully he takes advantage of the opportunities he's going to get. Is there a role that is there a role he can work on uh, outside of that? If if those spots become solidified, then Tevin would be. 
fined for what? No, I mean, uh, he should be fined for a starting spot right now. I mean, you know, two or three weeks from now, we can have that conversation, but he should be he should be doing everything he can to own one of those two spots. There's no question about that. Coach, we have Preston wide receiver has been wide open, especially behind Darnell Mooney. Who have you seen step up in the last couple of weeks of camp? You know, they all, they, everyone's had kind of had a day here and there. It's been fun. You know, Valus the other day did a, uh, really did a lot of really cool things for us. And EQ, I mean, he's been doing a really nice job. Byron, all the guys. I mean, really, um, I've been really impressed with the way these guys have, have attacked the day. Now, we're not, we're not good enough at, at any of those positions, and including Mooney. And so we got a lot of work hmm. to do there. Um, but I've been really impressed with their approach. We put a lot on them. I told you guys that before. We put a lot on these guys. Um, and Nikhil's come in here and just he's, he's done a great job of us being able to move them in different positions and put them in different spots. Uh, and so now with the pads on, and they, they got to go in and get dirty. It's part of our offense is that receivers got to go get dirty. And uh, these guys have shown they're willing to do it. What do you most eagerly see in Justin when you guys play against another team in yeah, no, it's it's playing the position and being, you know, like I said, it's the process-oriented thing. It's going up and it's making sure that you have a process. When you when you break the huddle, you, sh- you have a process. you got to go through that process and be disciplined to that process. Train your eyes. And then each play tells you to do something. Your eyes are supposed to go somewhere with each play. And so we're getting better every single day, and I want to see him go execute that, right? And we, we start everything with taking care of the football, and that's got to be the, the uh, priority. We are from German television, and Economia St. Brown had a hard time in Green Bay, I think, with the injuries and a lot of stuff. Um, you know him good. What They're covering us in Germany? Until today, his way to Chicago, and his performance right now and his future in the league. Yeah, really, really excited about EQ. Um, like I guess I told these guys last time we were in here, uh, I'm excited about his leadership role that he's taken on. Um, he's really owned that, uh, the toughness that he brings every single day. And, and, and I thought last year was a huge year for him and where he took a big step in that direction where uh, he became a pro, a pro's pro. And he uh, work ethic, no job's too small. Uh, and, and, and it's been cool to see him here, you know, up in Green Bay. He had, a, he had a, a lot of really good football players around him that had a lot of experience, right? And talk about Devontae Adams. Hit that like button if y'all in there right now. now you know, him being a little bit of the vet, he stepped in that role as far as taking ownership of that room. So it's been really fun to uh, see him take that role. You ran a lot today against scout team defense. What's your thought process on mixing that in maybe for this practice or at this stage of camp? Yeah, the biggest thing for us is we got two teams in our division that play a three down, and our defense doesn't. So that's that's really the, the, the biggest thing that when you're when you're talking about the big guys up front, everything changes in your rules and assignments when you have three downs. So you got to get you got to mix that in. Uh, if we were the other way, if we had a three down defense, we'd have to scout team for some four down stuff. So, with Riley Reef playing more at right, um, the last couple team practices or during the team period, last couple practices, is that a byproduct of just kind of like he played that last year? It's where he's more comfortable right now. Like, what do you like about him at that spot versus getting him more reps at left tackle? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thought process. To be honest with you, we're letting we're letting guys have every opportunity at at, at every side of the ball so left guards to right guards right guards to left guards and left tackles to right tackles and uh you know we're, we're trying to find the five best what makes the most sense and uh you know riley started off the first week on the left and now he's he's been hanging out on the right and obviously with with, with tevin who was going to be in that position he you know being injured and everything like that uh to this point it was an opportunity for riley to get you know good quality reps on the right too so None of that is solidified for sure. Uh, we're going to keep we're going to keep fighting through that, and you'll probably see different combinations as we go through the preseason until we feel really good about where we're at. Do you need to see more chunk plays from the passing game? I know a lot of what you did today was in the red zone, maybe, but 
I think it's fair to say, especially the first team, we haven't seen a lot of balls that have gone downfield completed. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would I would challenge that. I think we've done a pretty good job as far as, and maybe it's within the situation. That's why I don't think that. Situationally, we've done a pretty good job of, of getting this ball down the field. It's, I'm a big believer in that you have to do that, and uh, that'll be a part of our game regardless if we're good at it or not. you got to do it. Uh, and so I feel like we've, we've done a pretty good job. Uh, we got to execute maybe a little bit better. There, there, there's been times that we didn't execute or finish the play off the way we should, for sure. Uh, but I feel pretty good about where we're at, you know, just in that regard. Which that line, uh, I know it's early. Last couple of days, though, Matt Sutter and Jones are getting more runs with the one. Is there a coaching dilemma of needing the security of the veteran presence up there to help develop Justin versus being willing to take some chances with the kids and live with some mistakes? Um, are you are you just saying are you just talking about Justin and, and wanting wishing he was a veteran or you're just saying other people like with, with Justin's development as part of the equation uh-huh. is there a dilemma needing the security of veterans in front of him as opposed to taking some chances with kids? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think the, I don't think so at all. This is a um, you know where we were in the spring to where we're at right now. Way ahead of you know we, they've done a great job to get to where we're at. Now the next three weeks we got to go. To, we got to take it to another level, and that's part of Justin's development that uh, he's going to kind of lead that thing, right? And um, you, you can see them processing everything so much faster and so much better. I mean, today he had three or four plays that were really, really impressive plays in the way he progressed through it, like getting all the way back to a fourth in your progression. Like that was, I mean, they were really cool plays today. Uh, so that was that was uh, that was fun to see, and I think. Like I said before, the, the challenge that we all have is that when we got deep, I mean, we, that was a, a deep practice with a lot of plays. Uh, I think our guys got a little tired towards the end of that thing, and the execution kind of fell off. But I thought the where we were that first half of the practice, that's where we got to go. That was really good. I was I was impressed with it. How unique of a situation, how unique of a situation is it to have a wide receiver competition, at least from where I sit, and what are the pros and cons of it, where you have a cluster of guys mm-hmm. who could be your number two receiver or could not make the roster. Yeah, no, listen, I mean, yeah, we'd all love to sit here and say we had everything solidified and you were just sharpening all your tools and everything like that, sure. But we're, we're, we're in the phase of, of starting something special here. And uh, these guys have bought into the right mindset, and the competition brings out the best in all those guys. So you can see these guys working their butts off and uh, pushing themselves and, uh, and buying into the philosophy of the style of play that we're going to play. And, uh, you know, that mindset and getting nasty, getting physical is a big part of it. And I'm, I'm, I've been very impressed with these guys getting after it that way. But the competition part of it, I love every bit of it because it makes all of us better. There's a cluster of guys who could be number two or not make this thing? I just haven't, I just haven't honestly thought of it in that regard yet. Like we're just we're trying to get everybody better and uh, finding out what everybody does really well and then sharpening those tools as much as we can. I think everyone... You know, Mooney's been here the longest, right? So he's the easiest for everyone in this building to kind of dial in on, right? But these other guys have a lot of special tools, and so we're just trying to tap in to see what what makes sense with what what our O line can do, what Justin can do, and uh, all that all that stuff that's going to play into all that. About how he deals with practices that aren't up to his standards. You've seen him handle a bad day. No, he's uh. He's a competitive dude, man. I mean, you, you get in that, in that film room and uh, you can see the hunger, you can see the fight, and he, uh, you know, and that's part of our job is, to, is to, to make sure he has clarity through all that. You know, he, he has that competitive edge 
that, that you need to play in this league, especially at this position. And uh, so we just want to make sure we finish those meetings. There's clarity in uh, where he can progress, you know, where he can get uh, progressively better. Is it just the amount of time he spends watching film? Is it just what he talks about while he's doing it? Yeah, it's the it's the intent. It's the the passion that you can just feel from someone when you're sitting in a room with them and you're talking through your responsibilities, you know, and uh, it's not like Justin is this outspoken guy that makes everybody let him know what he's saying, right? But he lets you feel what he's what he's feeling and he lets you uh, communicate really well in that room. And so we're, uh, where he's going, uh, I feel really good about, you know, where he can grow as the leader of this football team. Do you sense that? Do you sense that, like with him though? And I know he's talked to us about embracing failure because he's using it as like a launch point for himself. Do you sense that he almost like carries a burden though of like the offense isn't exactly where I, as the quarterback, the leader of this group, needs it, needs it to be? Um, so he maybe internalizes and takes on more of that responsibility. I don't. I don't because I, I think I don't think he feels that way. Um, I think he feels like we're getting better. I think we all do. I think we're getting better every single day and. Uh, it shows up when we watch the film. We can see how close we are, uh, but it, being close isn't good enough. And so he, he has that competitive edge to where he, you know, he's trying to help the teammates along. But there, uh, by no means do I feel like that he has any of that going on inside and internally. When the pads went on, what did Braxton Jones show you? Yeah, I think you know Braxton was a guy that obviously super athletic kid that we were excited about uh, after spring ball and then you get into the pads and there's zero intimidation I mean going against Robert Quinn your very first uh, you know one-on-one pass rush right that's an intimidating thing and he stepped up and did a great job and he, he's answered the bell uh, so we, he's uh, he's done a really nice job for us. Is, is Tevin in meetings and um, is he an active participant where you can get a good feel for where he's at. Oh yeah, yeah, Tevin's Tevin's been great. He's been attentive. He's been he's all in. Yeah. Once he gets through this deal, he'll be back out there ready to rock and roll. And, and finally, um, Aaron Rodgers taking psychedelics. Do you have any idea were you ever invited? Uh, <laughs> I was I was not invited on those trips. I didn't know I didn't know all that stuff. That was uh, I, and I haven't watched that yet, but I've uh, obviously I've been informed by a lot of people about what about all that stuff, so Hey, whatever it takes, I guess. <laughs> get out of there, Luke. Get out of there, Luke. <laughs> They're trying to get Luke caught up out here, man. Oh, man, bro. Rogers taking psychedelics is hilarious. Um, I will. I, I, I think we got a lot of good stuff out of there, right? Like, Luke is uh, very honest, puts it out there. So we, we, got a, we honestly got an update there. Tevin Jenkins is in meetings. He's been very attentive. He's been... He's been a part of everything outside of it. He, they're talking about it now like it is more of just an injury than all of a sudden they want to move on from him. Again, I, I'm confused on why he's not on the field or on the sidelines at all. I mean, we're talking about seven straight practices where we haven't seen Tevin Jenkins out there. But Lou Getze seems to talk about it like he's expecting Tevin Jenkins to come back. He's expecting Tevin Jenkins to be a part of this team. He's expecting Tevin Jenkins to... Uh, uh, compete for this spot, and he he had Tevin Jenkins slated at that right tackle spot for the future, uh, or for for this season until they went out and they got um Riley Reef. You know what I'm saying? And with Reef being out there, they they've slid him over to that right tackle spot with Tevin missing. So that's a that's a real update, right? Like we didn't hear right or uh, 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 um. Luke Getze speaking as if he was expecting Tevin Jenkins not to be a part of the team. Now, listen, right? Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it means. I don't know if that's coach talk. I don't know if that, yeah, you know I mean, like, but 
at a minimum, if I'm taking it at face value, it sounds like he expects Tevin Jenkins to be a part of this Bears team moving forward. Um, or at least expects him to be out there competing for this spot. And it sounds like he expects him back. So those are some pretty good updates. I like the update we got on Braxton Jones as well out of that. Uh, I thought that that was a good one where you you hear that Braxton Jones is um, doing a lot of good things, that he's not intimidated, that he's not afraid of the moment. He went one-on-one with Robert Quinn and and had a great day against him. He, yeah, I'm saying like those are things that you want to hear. Uh, again, a big surprise, and it seems like Braxton Jones is going to end up being this team's starting left tackle. Luke Getzey hasn't solidified anything. I think that's the one thing that you took away. They were like, who do you feel is good here? Who do you feel is good here? They're all bad. <laughs> that's kind of that's basically what he said on that Mooney thing, right? Like he's like he's like nobody's where they need to be, including Darnell Mooney. Um, which is which is interesting to hear. It it's it's a different statement than than I think that we've got, and I'm glad we got to hear from Luke Getzey there. Um, we got a real insight into kind of what his thoughts are on this offense and where he feels like this thing is heading. I mean, listen, I'll say this, right? Based on what we've seen, we've seen a lot of good passes from Justin. We've seen a lot of good good moments from EQ. He talked about how he was kind of been like a, a vet room and has really shown out and, and had some really good days. But again, he doesn't talk. I, there's something to be said about somebody that doesn't just give away a position because there's a lot of times where like, right, like they say we're competing, but really, you know, who's starting there, right? Like we're competing for uh, the number one wide receiver spot, but who's starting this guy? Yeah, I mean, like it's it at least sounds like how he's running it is there is a legit competition. There's legitimately uh, 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 some growth that has to take place for some of these guys to take a step and that he likes what he's seen out of a lot of these young guys. But nothing is set. I think that that's that we got a couple of big updates there in talking to Luke Getze. Those were those were pretty interesting there. The other update that that really stood stood out to me and uh, tweeted it out over on the Chicago Bears breeze. So make sure that you guys uh, sub, or follow us over there on Twitter at Bears Breeze. Um, he said about Tevin, or I'm sorry about uh, about he's on the brink right now of taking his game to another level. He's on the brink right now of taking his game to another level. Now, again, right, when we heard him, when, when he when he broke it down somewhat, right, like it was like, listen, he's got some things to do. He has the tools to do it. Now it's about putting it together. We've heard about a lot of players like this, right? Like we've heard about a lot of players that all have the tools. They have the ability. They have, It's in there somewhere. We just have to get it out of them. And then all of a sudden, right, once it's put together, he's a completely different player. It seems like that's kind of what it is with Cole Komet. And again, didn't hype Cole Komet up crazy. Didn't say that, oh, he's really putting it all together. He's getting the job done. He he said he's got a long way to go. He's got a long way to go. And I think that that's a good way to describe Cole Komet. And you also have to, you know, we kind of give Justin this leeway of um, being in a new system, having to learn things in a new system, having to figure things out in a new system. But we don't give all the players on the team that same leeway. And I think that you kind of have to give uh, uh, Cole Komet that same because it is a new system and they're trying them at a lot of different positions. They're trying them out, out outside. They're trying them inside. They're trying them up a lot of different positions for Tevin Jenkins. So I think that there's going to be a lot of interesting, uh, 
A lot of things to watch for here in preseason, man. A lot of things to watch for. A lot of things to see if they're able to put it together. I'm I'm excited about this team, man. I mean, we got, to me, the biggest thing out of there is the update that we got on Tevin Jenkins. The biggest thing we got out of there is the update on Tevin Jenkins. I mean, that that is big to me. The fact that Luke seems to like him in the classroom. Like that changes. Like I thought, I thought when we were talking about maturity issues, that those were in the classroom issues. Because you felt like they said they felt like he he had all the tools to put it on the field. So we'll see, man. We'll see what this becomes. Right, like, this is the day when like you get a glowing report about Tevin Jenkins off the field that he gets traded. Like the, that's how the that's how this these kind of days go, ain't it? That's how that's how this one usually ends up. It's like, man, really feel good about that. Uh, that Tevin Jenkins, man, he's my favorite guy. We traded him, hated him the entire time. What? Huh? Who? What happened? Um. <laughs> Hey, man, if you guys are tuned in with us, man, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We are reacting live to the Chicago Bears press conferences, and they are back here. What was the conditioning like in today's practice? You said it was a little bit more high tempo. Today. Here we go. I'm not kidding. That was probably the harshest practice I've ever been a part of. That's no joke. Um, it was a tough practice. It was a tough one. It was good for us. I mean, it's a camp practice. So, um, man, Daniel, it's, it's a tough practice, but uh, good for us to get in shape and, and see how we can execute when we're, when we're tired and, you know, at the end of, it, was, it was a long one. Kneeled over on the side. That was just getting your breath. Yeah, yeah, getting my breath there. Yeah, it was hot. Was it just the tempo today? Tempo, speed, physicality, the whole thing. Um, I mean, we're moving drill to drill. That's how coach wants it, and I think that was kind of the. I mean, that was that was that was one of the hardest ones we've had yet, and one of the hardest ones I've been a part of. So uh, it's only going to make us better, and you know, we, we just got to buy into it, and you know. Guys that were down a little bit on numbers here and there, and guys that are there just got to grind through and get through and execute when the number's called. Where are you feeling progress with the offense, even if it's not showing in, in production every day? Yeah, I think um, I think I think we're just getting a better sense as to what we're comfortable with. Um, I know in meetings when we talk about certain things, we get a sense as to oh, let's try this this time. You know, if we get this look again, um, let's do this and that. Um, but definitely, you know, how our run game is going to complement our pass game. Um, I, th I thought, like, yesterday when we did our, our play period, you know, we really got to see, like, where the run game is at, with being able to move the ball and then use play actions off of that stuff. So uh, encouraging that part, you know, still got ways to go, but I think we're progressing and, and we're just going to continue to get better from here. How much have you dealt with impatience in your first couple of years here, your own impatience? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, you want everything now, right? You know, uh, and, and, you know, I'm a young guy and, you know, I've always kind of had things kind of hit quickly for me in, in, in that sense. Um, but from guys that I've talked to, whether it's, you know, veterans, you know, you got a guy now in Ryan Griffin or Jimmy Graham or, um, you know, guys you talk to at like this tight end you thing, it's different for everybody. And there's there's different ways to go about a lot of the situation, you know, how, how things are going around you, how, you know, what, what offense you're in, you know, things of that nature. So. Um, a lot of it is just trusting your own process, creating a, a schedule for you and and sticking to it and knowing that blocking out the outside noise and just sticking to what to what you know and what you're doing and and just focus on getting better each and every day. more impatience about opportunities you were getting, thinking I could do more than this, or impatience about you know, things weren't clicking quite for you? Yeah, see, when, when you say, like, for you, I don't really look at it like that. It's more like for us. Um, 
this, this whole thing is about winning, you know, and that's like where the impatience comes from. You want to be in a winning team, and I can tell you this: if we're if we're winning games, I'm, you know, and I'm turning. Everyone else is probably doing pretty well, and that includes me. So, I think that's where the impatience mostly sets in. Is you know, you want to you want to win games for this franchise. You know, I'm a I'm a kid that grew up in this area, and like I want to be part of a of a winning team here and a team that that will go to and win a Super Bowl. That's what I want to be part of, and. Uh, you know, that's where the impatience sets in. You want to see that happen, and um, sometimes it just takes a little bit of a process for it, for, for it, to, for it to happen. Cole, you, of all people, can understand skepticism about a Bears offense when it's in such yeah, a – absolutely, yeah. It's in such a formative state. It's hard to see the progress. Can you see the big picture yet? Can you see where this offense is headed oh. from what you saw on paper when you heard about Getsy and, and the offense? And mm-hmm. Yeah, I think – like you talk about He's lived picture. it with us. Um, Obviously, like that's that's the end goal. Um, but I just got you got to stick to the process of going day to day, day to day with it, and uh, just just getting better each and every day. Whatever they got on the script for us, we got to get better at, and and we, we just got to move forward along with that. And and if we just get better each and every day, and one, you know, it's an old that like one percent better each day. You know, that sounds really corny and stuff, but really that's like where you're gonna get to your end goal and and, and to the big picture stuff. But focus on the big picture all the time. Maybe not be the best thing because you're gonna be. Disappointed, disappointed most of the time. Same as it was the year before and the year before that. Yeah, I think for me individually, it is. I mean, obviously, you got, we got a new coaching staff, and their their process is different from, you know, the old process that we had. Like their way of going about things is a little bit different, and uh, it's on us players just to fully buy in and you know trust this process. Is there anything you've learned from this new staff about your game that you didn't maybe recognize before that they've been able to to kind of bring out of you because they're kind of yeah. Yeah, um, I think what's been really good with me, you know, not only um, Jim Dre, who's, a, who's been a guy that was in the league, um, you know, built his way in through special teams and, and a really, really good blocker on tape when you watch him. So it was able to pick up, pick up some things there and technique-wise and, and that through Ryan as well, Ryan Griffin. Um, and then, you know, these one-on-one drills have been great for me, just working – Work and press and things like that, and getting feedback from Luke and and Tim Zetz. Those two guys have been really helpful with me, uh, with my releases. You know, it's it's been nice, like not to. They don't necessarily coach on the end result, like oh, did I did I catch the ball at the end of it? But like, how was my release? So we break it down and things like that. What did I do at the top of the route? Um, so really, just breaking down how I go about a route and my route progression and things like that. So um, yeah, they've opened my eyes to things, and you know, I've been really putting to work at practice. And I think it's been going well so far. A lot of cool tools that you're still trying to use and to maximize. Do you do you feel this that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know we got a lot of practice here, and like I get a lot of opportunities to try out these different tools, and that's really exciting. So um, I'm not afraid to go out and try stuff. It may not work all the time, and that's all right. But like I'm okay like failing here or there just to to see how it works, and um, in the end, it's only going to get me better. Is there any examples of stuff that you you've tried and yeah, I think just like different, you know, these past couple days, different types of releases at the line, and then, you know, trying those things. I had one that worked, one that didn't work. But, you know, it's encouraging when things work, and, you know, you add it to the toolbox, and when things don't work, you know, you just chalk up, you know, all right, I'm not going to do that one again. But, and then there's things just, you know, within the routes that we have that you can kind of play around with, you know, not always going about the same way, you know, kind of changing it up. Uh, on a linebacker versus a DB or safety, you know, how you, how you approach it. So um, it's been fun, you know, day-to-day kind of trying these new tools and stuff, and I'm going to keep doing it, uh, you know, from here to the start of the season. Preseason game action? 
Well, well when you say like extensive, I, I, <laughs> uh, how do I put this? No, like I, I think it's good. Like the, these are great ways to put your tools to the test. You know, obviously. Um, but you know, whatever, I'm, we're gonna trust the coaching staff and what they want to do with us. You know, I'm, I'm all bought in. Whatever they want to do, I'm gonna do. Um, oh yeah, I'm not gonna be asking you know, begging coach to go back in there at the, at the fourth quarter in the preseason game. But uh, no, I, I think any opportunity you have to work on the toolbox and things like that, it, it's only an opportunity to get better. So that's how I look at it. On the doorstep, or maybe said the verge of a breakthrough. Do you feel that? And if so, what tells you that? Um, yeah, I think I think just the understanding of the offense, really. I, I had some routes today that I was really happy with, with just coverage recognition and just going, you know, just playing fast. And I think this last week or so, I definitely felt like I've been playing a little more fast with this offense, um, knowing where to be, knowing where to be at, how to get there in a, in a timely manner. Um, so, yeah, I think just the understanding of the offense and trusting my tools and, and you know, what I have and what I can do um, is just, just going to get me there. Learn quite a bit. I know Jimmy was helpful to you, and you guys had a good relationship. But um, when Jimmy was here, did you specifically did you learn some of what he does in those short yardage situations, like goal line or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with him, it's just you know him just using his physicality and um, his basketball background. He, you can see that with you know those jump balls he does and things like that. Um, but yeah, just how, how to position himself, his body, and things like that. And those are those are things that I picked up on, and you know, trying to implement in my game as well. That those situations, being the guy in those situations, yeah. was probably the biggest change for you. Yeah, this year. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It is. Um, but you know, I'm all ready for it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to, to get ready and, and, and you know, take full advantage of that opportunity. Adapt Jimmy Graham's moves because I feel like Jimmy could have kept boxing people out until he was 55. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Such a rare athlete. He really is. Yeah. I probably don't have some of what. Yeah. He, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of what he did to your game. Yeah, yeah like, I think like when you go back, when you go back like, I think a lot of tight ends are different when you look at them across the board. Like when you look at like Kittle, you know, Kelsey, Jimmy, um, like also like all these guys are so different in their game. Um, so what I do is like when you look at guys, like you pick you pick and choose on some things. Like oh yeah, I can do this, but like I'm actually like more in this in, in this lane and this lane. So. Uh, you know, you pick some things, you pick some, pick some tools that, you know, that you know that you can, that you can use and you try out and uh, you try to implement, implement them into your game. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as we're getting open, yeah, I, I expect them to, you know, they're giving us opportunities and, uh, yeah, just kind of keep hitting those and show the quarterbacks we can get open on those deep routes. What's impressed you about Brisker, and what do you like about those matchups with him? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's fun to go against. Him and Eddie, uh, we we've been having having fun the whole camp. Uh, you know, whether it's one on ones or in team drills. Uh, uh, Brisker, though, he he's physical, man. He he gets his hands on, and, and he he's sticky. Um, but he's a physical player, likes playing in the box, which you know I respect as a tight end. He's he's not, he's willing to come down and hit you. Um, but yeah, definitely a good player, and, and respect his game. That was Cole Komet breaking down some of the things that he's seen and some of the things he's taken away. What are our expectations for Cole Komet? 
What are our expectations for Cole Komet coming into this season, right? Are we expecting him to take a huge leap? Are we expecting him to finally become what we wanted? Are we expecting him to be more of a blocker? Are we expecting him to be more of a, uh, a pass-catching tight end? What What are our expectations for Cole Komet coming into this season, man? Because when I look at his game and how it could improve, right? I feel like he's the most important. Everybody worries about Darnell Mooney. Everybody worries about Braxton Jones. Or not Braxton Jones, uh, uh, uh. Uh, Byron Pringle. Uh, everybody's worried about Bayless Jones. That's who I was thinking of. And and Nikhil Harry. But I think the most important offensive weapon that Justin Fields can have right now is a good Cole Komet. Right now. If Cole Komet is able to take a step, if he's able to figure out how to, how to play on the field, if he's able to figure out where he's going to be and able to do it well, Justin Fields will take a step right along with him. Because I believe that a good tight end in a run heavy system is the biggest thing is the most important thing that you can have, right? Because in a run heavy, you're going to take your shots downfield. You would rather have your biggest body down there getting them. Cole Komet doesn't have crazy speed, but you would rather have him over the middle where he's the one jumping up and going to get it and bodying people out of the way. Now, again, right. We, we can't expect him to be Jimmy Graham. He's not built like Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was a monster. Like you, <laughs> you, you kind of have to like, just like Jimmy Graham was a monster. Um, and he was just a dominant tight end. But when, when I, when I look at his game, I see moments where I want Cole to have that, right? Like the moments where you just use your body. Like he talked about with Jimmy Graham, just using his basketball background to be big and box people out and get the ball. That's what I want to see from Cole commit this season. I think, I think, over the middle on a lot of the underneath stuff. I think going deep, you're going to want your big body there that's able to go up and get it. I think Cole's got an opportunity to take a step this season, and I think he's going to be Justin Fields' biggest weapon this year. Uh, or or he he's going to be the biggest weapon that Justin Fields needs this year. We're going back out to the podium right now, guys, at the booth. we got a good day today. Since he's ever uh, been in his football career, did you feel the intensity out there today, and how do you think that can help you when you get to the season? Uh, yeah, you definitely felt it today. And, um, you know, me and Coach Allen was on the sideline talking like a lot of guys, you know, like these type of practices today, you can do two things. You know, you can tap out or, you know, stop and cry and complain, or you can just step up. And, you know, when you get through stuff like this, that shows, like, what good teams are made of. Did you see anybody tap out? Tap out today? Nah. Everybody stood their ground. Eddie, when you're going one-on-one with Cole, mm-hmm. what makes him a difficult matchup? And what are some of the things you have to be aware of to make sure that you get count for him? Uh, just his body. You know, Cole's a big dude. He know how to use his body and his weight very well. So um, just us, we just got to stay on top of our keys, you know, fight back, and just, re- just revert back to your technique, you know, have patience and break on the ball. You said he's been having a lot of fun. Yeah. Matches you guys enjoying the, the yeah. competitive that for each other? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. You know, it's like iron, iron sharp iron, so, you know, we're getting the best out of it. Yeah. You've seemed, every time you've been in here lately, you've seemed very at ease. You seem very yeah. cool and comfortable with where things are at. Is there anything that feels different to you this year going into the season than past seasons? Uh, just that whole, yeah, I mean, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, it's a, it's a lot of different things. You know, just at ease with everything, at peace. 
um, and just, you know, just comfortable right now, you know, with the team we have, the way we're working, uh, the, the scheme, everything we've been we've been through so far, the coaches, you know, just, just giving that feel, everyone's comfortable, you know, we're just ready to get to work, man, you know, ready for the season to start. Um, still got a few things to clean up, but on our end, I feel like we've been doing a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good things, you know, especially on the deep side of the ball. So, just, I'm just, I'm just happy and excited. For some people, I mean, there yeah. could be stress, change, mm-hmm. as far as who's here, who your bosses are, what team there's going to be, all that pressure of what's coming next. Um, why do you think that has not? Been a factor for you? Oh, just the approach. You know, you can approach this thing different ways. You know, you can approach it like, oh man, here we go, starting over. You can approach it like, man, it's a fresh start, new coaches. I'm all in, you know, and uh, me personally, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, the years I had, you know, I wasn't satisfied with them. Um, didn't live up to the expectations, standards that I set for myself. So uh, to go out there this year is like a whole new start, whole new season. Like I said, a whole new team. It's like I feel like a rookie coming in again, you know, just learning, soaking up this game, man, and, and leading my guys the way I work and the way I do things. And, uh, so many new faces. I imagine in one aspect you're, you're 11 or 12 guys each learning how to play in this defense. At some point, uh, it just seems like, do you, do you feel like you're playing as a unit? You know, that is, is that coming? To, how yeah. is that coming together? And, and when is that? Is that transition happening earlier than maybe you thought? Yeah, most of that. I feel like it happens. It happened earlier than I than I expected. You know, just OTAs. You know, like I'm just seeing the guys how we connect with each other, and a lot of that stuff starts outside of here. You know, outside the building. You know, um, hanging with each other, getting to know each other. So it's easier when you step on that field to go to war for one another. And I feel like we had that. We built that kind of that chemistry early on in OTAs. So right now we're just flying. And it's like this year, like you haven't heard one person complain about nothing. You know, not about a day, not about a period, not about oh how hot it is. We're still going. Like you, you haven't heard that. And I've been on a bunch of teams, you know, where you have guys who don't complain and they just do the work. And then you have guys who complain about everything. And to see that you don't have those type of guys, I feel like that's that's really helping us a lot because you know no one's complaining. So everyone knows that this man next to me, he's gonna go out there and he's gonna fight these same minutes that I'm fight. Joking, said he didn't feel like the defense has lost a day yet. <laughs> you share that sentiment, and, and, and I guess as an extension of what you were just talking about, in what ways have you felt momentum building for you guys defensively? Oh, oh man, like today, today was a, a, was a tough day. And just for us to go out there and just communicate, you know, fight through it, keep pushing through, have one another back, you know, echoing calls. And we got those stops against the offense. You know, it's bears on bears at the end of the day. One win, we all win. But just for us to see to go out there and know we got a lot of guys down, so guys got to do these seven to ten play reps, you know, no substitution. And just seeing everyone go out there and still fire around, still keep the high intensity, still have the mental focus and things like that that we need. So I feel like like days like this is showing how 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 you built, you know. So, thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Eddie Jackson breaking down some of the things that he's seeing on the defensive end for the Chicago Bears. Eddie Jackson's going to be an interesting piece coming into the season. He's going to be a really interesting piece coming into this season, right? Because. It, it, he was paid as one of the best safeties in the NFL. We've seen him have a couple of down years. And it's been, to me, just because he hasn't really finished off a lot of plays, right? He's kind of taken the easier lane, or he hasn't, you know, we saw him not touch guys down last season. I think that Eddie Jackson is a better player than what we've seen the last two years. And the one thing that I will say is that players are better when you're getting to the quarterback, when you're when you're knocking the quarterback down, Um and when they have help on the other side of them, right? Like Eddie Jackson was kind of put out there on an island. His last 
last good player that was next to Eddie Jackson was what Adrian Amos. Ha ha Clinton Dix didn't really do anything for him. Yeah, you know I mean, so I, I think that they're that having a guy like Jaquan Brisker on the other side of him is going to make a difference. Um, he kind of talked to the fact that this team just feels like they've got a better camaraderie, a better vibe around them. A feeling, I, I like that. I like. Here's the thing: we we talk about it with the Bulls, but then with like the Bears, we we take a completely different stance because it's just like, come on, dog, like y'all should have been good already. But it's a good thing when your teammates like each other. It's a good thing when guys rock with each other. Yeah, I mean, the Bears are the Bulls are already out there doing five on five drills. It's good to hear that this Bears team seems like they have a good vibe around them. They have a, they have a good vibe around training camp, right? Now, listen, you start losing games, that vibe goes away. And, and kind of how I've got the schedule playing out, the Bears are going to lose some games this year, quite a few in a row. I feel like I'm going to be picking some L's week after week after week. Now it changes depending on where it's at and what, what, uh, where the team is at health-wise and things like that. But I, I feel like, based on, like, preseason picks, like, I'm going to be picking some L's this year. But the thing for me that, that I need to see from Eddie Jackson this year is the return of that safety that had great ball instincts. We haven't seen that in a couple of years now. Now, granted, right, I think I think two seasons ago, discipline is what destroyed Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was on paper slated to have a really good season because he had, what, two pick sixes that he took back that were both called back. He had, I believe, two more picks that were just straight up getting in the way of it and taking the ball away. And then after that, right, we started to see them kind of like, all right, Eddie, stop gambling, stop going for the ball, stop. I want to see the return of that. I want to see the return of Eddie Jackson being able to gamble on the ball. I want to see, because he knows he's got some backside help. I want to see the return of the ball hawk that we drafted. We drafted the guy to be a ball hawk. And he was. And then because we had no help over the top, we changed what he was. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that the addition of Jaquan Brisker can add to this team. I hope that we see the resurgence of Eddie Jackson. Um, this is a contract year for Eddie. If I'm not, is this a contract year for Eddie? I think this is a contract year for Eddie Jackson. Um, but for me, right? Like this is all about showing out. This is all about being able to, Turn back into that player that was that had enough help on the backside that you could use those instincts and you didn't have to worry about somebody beating you over the top. I think that's the biggest thing for Eddie Jackson uh, coming into this season. And I, I think the addition of Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon and knowing that Jalen Johnson is going to be there is what helps with that. Um, so this is the 2022 year. He'll be making 11 million this year. He's paid through 2024. So he's got 13 million next year, 14 million the year after that. So we need to definitely see more from Eddie Jackson. Definitely need to see more from Eddie Jackson out of this man. Um, this is normally when I when I drop off. It's one o'clock here on our side. We'll see if they bring anybody else on. Did y'all did y'all watch what was it? Wednesdays? So Wednesdays, they did three people. But after they did the third person, which I think was like, I don't know. I think it was Braxton Jones. They just left the live on for 30 minutes. And I had jumped off. I had dropped off. Nothing else was going on. But they just left the live on for 30 minutes. And then they just ended it. Then it was just, thanks for watching. 
Nobody else came on. Nobody else came. And I get it, right? It's based on who comes up to the podium, who comes through. Yeah, I usually stay on about 10 minutes extra to see if we end up getting somebody new, if we end up getting another person on here, because I think I jumped off one day. I think I jumped off one day and Justin came up. Or maybe it was Mooney, one of them. And I was like, dang it, I should have stayed 10 minutes more. So I got, uh, I, I'll be on until about 110. Throw some questions at me. What are you guys expecting to see out of Eddie Jackson this year? Uh, Anthony says Eddie Jackson will ball out this year. Frank says we have two good stretches and two bad stretches. Games versus teams like the Dolphins and Eagles. Vikings will define our season. That's, that's a fact. I agree with that. Uh, reviewable asks... Or renewable, my bad. Ask uh, how many picks does uh, Bojack need to keep his roster spot and justify his contract with this new front office and rookies nipping at his heels? Here's the thing. I, I don't believe – I think Eddie just has to show that he's as aggressive of a, of a ball hawk and as aggressive of a safety as he was in those first two years. And he just – listen, he had somebody really good next to him. Like Adrian Amos wasn't great, but he was good enough that Eddie Jackson could go be the free spirit player that you want him to be, the kind of player that you want him to be. So I think you're talking about, right, Eddie Jackson may be coming up and getting three or four picks, if that, right? Like, that would be a great season for me. But I want to see the knockaways. I want to see him laying guys out. I want to see him putting guys on their back. I want to see him attacking on the ball. Those are the things I want to see. I don't need to see a seven, eight-pick season. I don't need I don't want to see a seven or eight pick season. Well, I'd love to see it, but I don't think we need to see a seven or eight pick season for Eddie Jackson. I think we just need to see him attacking on the ball and being very, very disruptive. Um, do you think Eddie wants to be a bear or do you think he's done? I think he wants to be a bear. I, I mean, listen, he's making a lot of money. I don't think he wants to get traded nowhere. And his value is pretty low right now, so he can't go nowhere anyway. Um, Sam Mustafer came on when you hopped off. Well, I, I'm okay with missing Sam Mustafer. I'm a, I ain't gonna lie to you. Listen, uh, all right, you got to look over your shoulder whenever you talk bad about Sam Mustafer. Um, I'm okay with missing Sam Mustafer. Uh, <laughs> um, what else do we got here? Tyler asks, what's taking so long to sign Roquan Smith? They just got to come together on language. I'm not tripping on language. And it'll it'll get done. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. Now, now McSeason, you know you got to look over your shoulder when uh when you talk bad about Sam Mustafer, bro, because uh, Olin Krutz is, is soon to follow, bro. With a, come on now. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, listen. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not weak. I ain't Olin Krutz stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I know my limitations. That's all That's all I'm saying. Uh, appreciate you guys for rocking with your boy today, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do got a lot of content we're going to be dropping um, through over the weekend, especially Bears content and stuff like that. If you guys haven't done so, make sure that you subscribe to the Chicago Bears Breeze. We're going to be dropping Bears content over there as well. A um, lot of stuff that that we, we've talked about a lot, quite a bit of stuff today, talked about our biggest concerns. I mean, do you, here's here's a question that I have for you guys uh, before we get out of here. Do you feel like the uh, 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 um, situation with Tevin is different than we've heard now? Do you leave after Luke Getzey's press conference feeling like the situation with Tevin Jenkins is different than what we've heard do you feel like it's really just an injury issue 
and that he's going to be back? Or do you feel like there is that, that statement that, hey, this guy's not going to be a part of this team? And we're moving on from. Him. How do you guys feel on that? Um, what do you say? How are you guys gonna? How are you gonna respond to Hayes roast from his live stream yesterday? Some of them were funny. Listen, me and Hayes fry each other all the time. It's it's no big deal to me if Hayes trying to fry me with the uh, with the with the velcro on beard, bro. Like that that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh Pat, you looked over his shoulder for Olin. Bro, you gotta keep an eye out for Olin, bro. If you're not keeping an eye out for Olin, man, you you gonna uh, you gonna be in trouble. Uh it seems Tevin will be back. Jabari, or that's what Anthony says. Jabari says, I feel like uh Luke is lying. Keep it G. I, it could be. Could be, right? Like there's there's uh there's a uh a, a chance that he's just that he's not, it's not in his jurisdiction to worry about whether he's signed to the team or not it's in his jurisdiction to worry about whether he's playing on the team or not and so if he's if he's in meet but he's he said he's in meeting rooms that he's in that he's sitting down with them that he's a great student that he takes great notes so like that the concern was maturity right remember that that was our concern like the video if y'all remember that also just like the video uh this the concern was maturity issues is he mature enough to deal with this? But I thought that meant like he's not being mature enough in the classroom. He's not he's not sitting there being diligent enough understanding the scheme and stuff like that. It doesn't sound like that's the case. So we'll see. Uh, Frank says that was in his scouting report. He's not 100% invested in football. I agree with you. I agree with you. That was definitely in the scouting report that he that he sometimes could slack off. That he that he sometimes could focus on other things. That it, and and that's why you know I I was on board with it. Frank, why are you typing in all caps, bro? Yeah, you, you why are you yelling at us, bro? Y'all know all caps is yelling. Like, why are you yelling at us, bro? Come on now, relax it. Um, Luke looks serious though. We'll see. You know what I mean? Um. He's been he's been selling him to other teams. He's been selling them to the other teams. That's what you're saying. Um, so is it safe to say Cap was capping about Tevin? No, not at all. Not at all. I know there's a lot. Cap's an easy target. Cap brings a lot of it on himself as well. Cap's a flipper sometimes. Cap is a uh, 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 Cap will definitely like throw something out there. And it will be his feeling and not what's actually being said. But Cap is plugged in. And I know it's easy to pick on him with capping because of his name, but Cap is plugged in. And so for me, right, he's he's one of the guys that I've uh I've I've kind of looked at as you got to take it with a grain of salt but also he knows what he's talking about we do got we do got more at the podium so here we go hold on hold on hold on you don't know what could happen when it could happen all that things and uh, there we go i definitely feel like we're starting to gel really they got right me now. just before i feel like that's a big thing with the wide zone offense and the uh offense we have going right now it's each practice we gotta get more and more comfortable with how the running backs see it how we're seeing it and everyone start gelling together what's it like being in the competition to the point where you might not know are you in for these reps this series? You're kind of going a lot of back and forth. 
Just when you get your reps, you got to go, right? Like, it doesn't matter how many reps you get. It doesn't matter when you go. When you go, you got to go 100%. How much time does a, does a starting group or a group of five need to gel and to really develop that comfort throughout the course of whatever season you're with, like, however long you need, I guess? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not like a one-day thing. Obviously, if you are you want to be able to get a multiple, it's hard to say put an exact number, but it's definitely multiple practices right like whoever you're playing next to expect game you want to get as many of those reps you know passing off games and pass protection work double teams and run block you just got to get those fits with the guy you're gonna be playing with Will some of that only come after you've played a preseason game or two no, no practice i mean that's all practice too you know i mean getting those reps i mean practice is live you know we're going full speed in the old line we're going full go just like we would in a game so that's that goes in practice too practice just in terms of intensity and tempo and this is Michael Schofield at the podium. I felt, it felt faster today, and that's where we got to keep going. It feels fast every single day now. we got to keep that same intensity throughout the rest of camp. It's a little bit better. What have, what's been your impression of the young tackles, uh, Bryson Jones and Good. They've gotten they've gotten better every single camp too, or every single day so far too. I mean, hands and pass protection, you know, pad level, all that stuff, quickness off the ball. It's it's not just them too. I would say it's everyone on the whole line. Every single day, you could see we're making baby steps in the right direction. How does chemistry work, especially from the inside? I mean, is it just a matter of time before you get chemistry with the guys to your left and right, or does it sometimes work and sometimes doesn't? And that's for the coaches to figure out. Which works best? No, it comes. I mean, you start, you get. If I get 10, 15 reps next to the, whoever, Doug, Doug, whatever. I mean, I'm just getting pretty comfortable going next to him. And say I'm going 10, 15 reps with Lucas, I'm gonna start getting real comfortable with him. It's just a rep thing, I would say. The more reps you get with the guy, the more comfortable you're gonna get. Does it make it tougher when you're, there's so much interchanging and. It, it does, but you're, you're kind of working with those guys eventually, you know. It might be, you know, five plays with Doug, five plays with Sam, and you're kind of getting those fits, and you kind of start learning how each guy fits differently. What's it been like working with those two you just mentioned, Sam and Doug, since uh, Lucas went out with the injury? Yeah, I've been impressed with both of them. You know, Sam is an older guy. He's very, very smart. Even Doug, I mean, for how young he is, how much he's picking up the offense and how much he's handling everything, both of them I've been very impressed with. Hasn't really slowed down when Lucas went down. You know, those guys stepped up and picked it up for everyone. They always say it's the speed of the game picks up from college. And I wouldn't even say it's like the actual physical speed of the game. It's like the mental speed of the game. You know, everything happens that much quicker. You know, it's like someone defensive shifts, whatever, and you got to be able to react and pick it up right away. Or guys are moving, you got to be able to pick that up quicker. That all happens a heck of a lot quicker than college football. Yeah, it's definitely been pretty cool. There's been on the off days, you know, you kind of reflect on how, like, well, this is pretty cool that I'm here right now. But uh, it's like I said earlier, it's pretty much a dream come true for me. Obviously, I grew up a diehard Bear fan, so it's pretty still surreal. For we got a lot of Bears fans on this team. Yeah, I mean, it'll be my first time putting on a Bear jersey, so that's going to be pretty special for me. Definitely, I'm looking forward to that. My family's been out. I mean, my dad, my dad comes a lot of practice. He's probably been to two or three already. I got a bunch of family coming tomorrow, a bunch coming Sunday. So I've had someone in almost every practice already. So it's been it's been exciting. Has uh, anything surprised you or caught you off guard about Hallis Hall or being a part of the team? It's a nice facility. Hallis Hall is one of the nicest facilities I've been in for sure. Food's been great too, so can't complain about that. So I've been very happy with that. Yeah. 
when you watch film, like practice and stuff like that, I know you're focused on, on what you're doing. Do you ever get a bigger picture look at the offense, and, and do you actually see, like, where this thing is headed? Do you, can you make any judgments or anything on that, or are you just so locked into what you're doing? No, for sure. Uh, I guess one thing I could bring up was so when I played for Denver, we played in this exact offense, and it doesn't click right away. You know, I mean, especially you see in camp, usually defense gets off a little faster. Everything happens easier for them. But when I was in Denver, I'll never forget, I mean, even going in probably – Week two, week three, we weren't running the ball as well. You know, it was our first time running the wide zone offense, and then come about, I don't know, week four, five, six, somewhere in there, it just clicked. And from like, it was like an eight week, eight week period, we were the number one rushing offense. And I feel like that's a big thing with this offense where it, it's going to take time. You know, the backs have to see it, O line has to see it. And once we see it, though, that's when things start getting special. How do you speed that up? I mean, you can't, you can't give experience if they don't have the experience, yeah. right? I mean that's what camp's for, right? We gotta we gotta treat every rep 100%. We gotta go 100% every single rep and make it as game like as possible. So when the game comes, you know we're ready. In that situation, I think it just became a comfort thing with it. You know, it's it's different when we could get into games and we could start cutting on the O line and we could start doing that stuff and the holes start opening up a little bit more. So I think that took a while for the backs to be able to see. And then once they started seeing this cut and make the cuts on the O-line, then they saw the holes open up and they're like, all right, this is where it's going to hit now. And they got more comfort with it. Typically, offensive lines are very tight-knit groups. Are you guys at that point yet? Do you do anything outside of practice that brings you guys all together? It's, it's been, it's a, I would say it's a pretty tight group. I mean, I've only been here a week, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, we... Whenever we start meetings, we're all usually in there about 30 minutes before just messing around, watching YouTube or whatever, Netflix movies and stuff. So we're all just in there hanging out. And we're hanging out and lunch. We're all sitting together. So it's been a lot of fun so far. Kevin hasn't been out there since day one. And I know Luke, as he said, he's been attentive. He's been part of meetings. He's locked in. How, how is, like, teammates, do you kind of make sure that a, a guy can, like, is able to kind of stay on the same path and be at the same speed as you guys who are actually – Practicing. Yeah, I think the big thing is for him is just the, it's, it's all mental for him now, right? Like, he's just got to take each rep when he watches it on film, whatever. Like, he's got to put himself in that situation. But, you know, we're all just hanging out with him. We're all bringing him up. So he's just got to stay ready whenever he is ready to go. We had lobster rolls today. That was pretty good. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Thanks, guys. That was Michael Schofield kind of talking about how the offensive line is gelling and where this offensive line is going to be. I, I, I love that Ryan Poles went out and got Michael Schofield. I think he's I think he's going to be a big addition. I didn't know he was a Bears fan. There's so many Bears fans on this, uh, like Bears fans, people that grew up Bears fans on this team. And you know what? I'll say a lot on the offensive side of the ball, there's, there's going to be a pride factor there. And like, hey, we've never seen an offense be good. I want to be good. I want to make this, I want to be a part of the first offense that's good on this team consistently. So that's, uh, that's, that's not a, that's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. I never thought about how many Bears fans are on this team. Um, hoping to see, he says, he says the offensive line is becoming a pretty quickly, uh, uh, cohesive group. He feels good about the, the group of guys that he has there, even after just a week. Um, He's glad to be back. I mean, preseason is next week, guys. So, like, this is the next week is like it's training camp, but next week is practice. Like, next week is practice for the week. We're talking about practice, but Bears football starts next week. So, that is crazy. Um, one thing we will be doing 
Monday, be on the lookout for this. We're, I'm going to get up out of here. Make sure that you guys tune in on Monday because I'm going to be announcing how you can join the Windy City Breeze Fantasy League. We're going to be doing a 12-team uh, um, regular PPR league where we want to play with you. So it's going to be – so there are going to be eight spots available. You're going to have me, Ringo, AD, and P Kid, we're all going to be in this league with you guys, man. We're all going to set up a time where we can do a draft together. Want to get on a a uh, a a live like a Zoom call or something like that, and get on. Maybe even do it live. Maybe we'll do it live. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Let's do it live. We can do it live. Why not? Right? Uh, do our draft live on that where the fans are in on this mug, man. Um, but it's going to, it's going to be kind of like a giveaway you dig. So we've got eight spots available to join the league. I will let you know how to join the league on Monday. Um, as always, though, man, I'm going to get up out of here because I do got other content to record. They're still they're They're going to go probably maybe two more people. Um, so I'll be tuned in on that. If some crazy news breaks, I'll jump back in here and I'll see you guys then. But uh, I'm going to get up out of here. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode and another week of The Daily Show, man. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Hopefully all the guys are back next week on the show with me. And I'm not doing it solo dolo the whole time. You don't just got to look at this beautiful face. But we appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.